0: Hello and welcome to episode 436 of The Lower Pod. I'm your host Stefan Botsko and today we will do a little mailbag episode to answer the questions that you have sent us over on Twitter and uh, for that I've brought some more competent help because along with me here is Lars Paulmann. Hello Lars, how are you doing?
1: Hello Stefan, I'm fascinated by the length of our intro because I, I, I can't hear it uh, or couldn't hear it this time and I was just watching the audacity bar go on and on and on but other than that Jeff and I, I'm fine how are you?
0: <laughs> yeah I'm, uh, I'm good too are you uh, enjoying the World Cup or following it at all or what are you doing?
1: I mean being a football journalist I don't think I had the opportunity to boycott uh, the World Cup in Qatar, which otherwise I probably wouldn't have to be quite honest, uh, because it's not my fault. <laughs> the tournament has been given to a corrupt nation of homophobes and murderers, basically. Um, so yeah, uh, I am enjoying the football quite a bit. I've. <laughs> Always maintained that while I don't like uh, international games, I do like tournament football. And um, I know there's a bit of a disconnect uh, between those two statements, but it still rings true for me, and I think for a lot of people. I think the World Cup, even despite all the uh, you know negativity around it and earned negativity around it, it's still the World Cup, and I'm still going to watch it. So, um, and I'm still hope, holding out hope for my. Uh, Prediction of Argentina winning despite them not looking too great
0: so far. Oh, well, you don't have to be great during the uh, first uh, group phase and then the uh, first couple of knockout games to win a tournament, as uh, I think Spain was it when they won the Euros uh, demonstrated. Where they who did they pawns for nothing in the final? I can't remember. Um, Italy, but I d- yeah, Italy, exactly. But I do remember them being shy throughout. Um, Yeah, obviously, um, I uh, haven't seen much of the World Cup but I've occasionally watched some games because uh, despite all the homophobia and uh, human rights violations, uh, I must say it does look nice on my 4K <laughs> television, so <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of games, I've seen uh, some of Germany's uh, performances and whatnot, but um, obviously we're not here to talk about the World Cup, um, but uh, so far I'm happy that uh, so many of Dortmund's players are already out of tournament and have not so far picked up an injury. So that obviously is nice. Um, but obviously there are also some other news. And uh, before we start with questions, because we didn't get asked about that, uh, I thought I'll include it, however. And that is, of course, that assistant coach Peter Herrmann has asked for his release due to health reasons. Obviously, um, he is 70 years old and uh, to gladly obliged and uh, yeah I, I mean I think it needed even some convincing by Terzic uh, for him to even take this job I think he just wanted to retire so um, I'm not entirely sure what his health uh, reasons are but either way um, I wish Peter Herrmann all the best and uh, yeah my question to you Lars is what does that mean for Dortmund and uh, who do you want to see as a successor I think uh, the official statement read that Dortmund will announce uh, a successor or, or someone else who will take or fill this role in the next couple of days. I don't know, it might be weeks. I have no idea how long this process takes, but uh, either way, take it away, Lars.
1: I mean, nobody really knows what exactly he did for these almost six months as assistant to Adin uh, Terzic. I mean, uh, he was presented as the experienced... Uh, elder statesman of sorts uh, in the in the uh, coaching staff, um, but uh, I don't necessarily have any details on his exact role. Um, so in in that sense, it's also difficult for me to say who should replace him because uh, do you just want someone with uh, age and experience to guide Tazic uh, a bit? through the season uh, which uh, if that was peter hermann's role so far he d- hasn't done the greatest of jobs i would say um or do you want someone who can maybe uh, give more of a, a tactical input um, given what has happened in the season so far um i don't know i i haven't spent more than 20 seconds uh, on, on this subject and quite frankly I don't think it's something that's going to make or break Dortmund season so uh, ultimately I think they will announce something in the not so distant future wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, a temporary solution because most good assistant coaches aren't freely available during the season so maybe they need someone uh, till the end of the season then take another look at it
0: well, I think you should do it, to be honest. Uh, if, if anyone has uh, proved to be qualified for this position uh, via this podcast and other means, uh, I think it's you. Um, but in the meantime, you can answer this question uh, from Grant at GP Jacob 1 on Twitter. Asks, How crucial do you think the returns of Dahoot and Jamie Bino Gittens will be to the team's success in the Rückrunde? plus the two other games, I guess.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to be the smart ass, so I wasn't going to mention that, Stefan, but thanks that you, uh, uh, that you did it. Um, I mean, the question is obviously whom Dahoud and Banu Gittens would uh, replace out of the, let's say, standard starting eleven that we've seen uh, towards the end of the first part of the season, to not call it Hinrunde. Um, And presumably that would be for Derhut Salih Östershan, who started really well at Dortmund, but I think was kind of uh, overplayed, as we would say in German. So he kind of looked a bit tired after uh, the move to Dortmund, playing uh, in a a three-day rhythm for the first time in his career. And Bailu Gittens would presumably push uh, Marlen or Azar or Adeyemi uh, towards the bench, whoever played in these games uh, on on the wings, maybe even Rainer um if if Bino Gittens is even deemed uh, a player capable of starting regularly for Dortmund at this point, I mean he had a few very good moments early on in the season before he popped his shoulder, but he's still uh, a teenager with uh, some growing up to do in in the footballing sense.
0: So, so it, <laughs> Also in a normal sense, I would say.
1: Yeah, I don't want to presume. I mean, uh, I, I think Jude Bellingham at that age didn't need to grow up too much as a person. Maybe others have it a bif- bit more differently, but um, I, uh, it's certainly going to be a boost to get those two back. Um, you would assume that they won't have too big of an issue coming back because they didn't have muscular issues or whatever they had uh, their their shoulder injuries but they've been back running for quite some time so you would hope that they won't take too long to get reintegrated into team training uh, and, and then obviously the game starting from i think augsburg uh, on like the 24th or so of january so yeah certainly a boost but uh, i wouldn't hold out uh, the highest of expectations just Um, because Beino Gittens is so young, might not be a starter, and uh, Dahoud uh, versus Özcan, I don't know how much of an upgrade that is uh, all around. I mean, Dahoud has much more competency on the ball. I think Özcan is a better uh, defender, as it were. So um, I think the the best part is then going to be that that, uh, Terzic has the option of choosing uh, instead of having to play Özcan basically full-term uh, if the alternative is Emil John.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. Now, um, uh, we have a question from uh, long-time listener Steve Berkowitz who uh, has asked uh, what would you like to see from Terzic in terms of tactics and lineups when the season resumes. Um, now, obviously, I would tie these two together a little bit and I personally think that I would like to see a Dahoud, Ushan, and Bellingham midfield trio more often than not in a 4-3-3 system Um, because of, um, let's say, to make up for Jude Bellingham's lack of tactical discipline because he does like to roam and play as an attacking midfielder half the time and I think that leaves gaps open and uh, if you pair that with Emre Can for example in a double pivot who uh, also likes to leave everything open even if he doesn't roam forward just by ill-positioning as we saw in the loss against Gladbach, uh, may I remind anyone who has uh, blissfully forgotten about it since, um... Yeah, I, th- I think for, the, uh, for some added stability and also just some uh, ball circulation, because I think that has been a problem, uh, you know, overall ball retention, ball circulation, the positional play, I think having Dahoud the in there uh, somewhere would improve that. And uh, yeah, at least in my um, silly little mind uh, would help an issue or fix an issue. I don't know, but uh, at, at least... Uh, you know, be be a small remedy to the Jude Bellingham uh, <laughs> moving forward extravaganza, which uh, sometimes leaves you butt naked open as the back, and then you receive punishment, which you do not want. As I think we all agree, as Dortmund fans or observers, that the Black and Yellows have conceded far too many goals in the first stint of the season. So um, yeah, let's. Uh, Move on with a question that I think you can answer better than me when I find it here. And it is from at Brunstadt BVB. That is, of course, the fan club from Kansas City. And uh, they ask, should BVB go after some players that had great World Cup performances in the winter transfer window? I don't think they should, but I wanted to hear your thoughts.
1: I mean, the the, the operative word might not be should, but could. Um, because players who have had a great World Cup uh, usually are not necessarily within Dortmund's price range, certainly not uh, during this winter, because we don't expect Dortmund to have any sales. So uh, no. Yeah,
0: plus Jude Bellingham already plays for us, so what the hell. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, there's no incoming money in terms of
1: transfer fees, presumably. I mean, I don't necessarily buy into the uh, umpteenth Thomas Meunier to Barca rumor, um so yeah I I I think the 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 guys that you would possibly look at if there was a summer transfer window or if Bellingham which is not going to happen uh, were to leave in the winter for 150 million so if you had no uh financial parameters to keep in mind uh, you would probably look at someone like uh, Amrabat who's been magnificent for Morocco uh, who plays at Fiorentina? So uh, he's not going to be uh, spoiled in terms of uh, wage packages and whatnot. You would probably also look at uh, Mohamed Kudus of Ghana, whom Dortmund are looking at and are re- reportedly uh, in in quite advanced talks with uh, his agent.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tio five thousand or well, five hundred. That was your question. So uh, yeah. But last is already answered. So I'm not gonna go over this but uh, yeah I I, th- I think that is certainly a player to look into
1: yeah I mean uh, I'm, I'm not sure what he is at, at this level is he I mean at, at Ajax I think he's playing as a 10 or as a uh, you know false 9 or half striker or whatever floating striker there's all these uh, terms for that uh, for Ghana he's played in an advanced midfield position but he's also been a right winger at the World Cup in one of these games so uh, obviously, the the positive in terms of Kudos is that Dortmund have Otto Ado uh, in their coaching staff, who's been the uh, national coach for yeah, Ghana but, at the World for, Cup. How long? I mean, he's just said that he's leaving Ghana because he has a two and a half year contract at Dortmund that he's going to. Honor. Okay. So that's not an issue, uh, unless obviously someone comes and wants to sign him up as maybe the first team coach, which I think Dortmund wouldn't hold. Uh, Uh, him back. But even then, I think uh, Otto Adel could still sing the praises of Dortmund's development scheme for young players. uh, and But still, that's not something that's going to happen in the winter transfer window. So, I mean, obviously, when when Dortmund have had a, at best, mediocre season so far, there's a lot of wishful thinking that in the January transfer window, there's going to be this one or two or these one or two deals that completely uh, change the complexion of a season but historically Dortmund aren't necessarily a team that goes hard into the January market unless there's uh, an opportunity too good to pass up so there's if if there were another erling holland on the market but there isn't uh, even a, a manuel kanji type situation where they identify a good talent wants to get him in early be- before maybe half a year later even bigger clubs come around Uh, I wouldn't be shocked necessarily if uh, one of those deals were to happen, but ultimately I think it's more likely than not that Dortmund are not going to make signings and uh, consider returnees such as Derwood and Byno Gittens and and a couple of others as their quote-unquote winter signings.
0: Yeah, (laughs) might even count Marco Royce into that, if I'm honest, because uh, he was out for quite a while, even though he had some cameos, but I don't really... You know, count this as fully returned, and uh, you know there were quite a lot of games that he missed in the end. And uh, I, I think he is still an important player for Dortmund, obviously. Um, and uh, maybe I, I should a- add to that. Do you think that um Dortmund are likely to sell or loan out Nico Schulz? I think there was an Italian club that wanted to sort of pay half of his wages, but uh, no loan fee or so. There are obviously rumors out there. Um, do you think there is hope for that? And uh, I think he is also in the lineup of Dortmund's Christmas Cup against Bucharest. And uh, if I have seen it correctly, I have not followed it closely, but uh, Nico Schulz was also a part of Dortmund's Asia Tour, which obviously is a choice the club made. <laughs> um, on top of that, do you think if he does not leave, that, they, that he will be somehow more reintegrated into the matchday squad?
1: Uh no, absolutely not.
0: I mean uh if Dortmund care about their public perception at
1: all, that's a non-starter basically. I mean even just these uh with all due respect completely irrelevant uh games against the Vietnam national team and uh Johor City Tigers us I mean I didn't follow the the Asia Tour which is obviously good for marketing and good for uh loyal Dortmund fans from that part of the world, but ultimately doesn't factor into anything that happens during the season here. Um, even then, there was a lot of backlash for them, including Schulz um, in 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 the squad and even him playing. Uh, I think it's pretty obviously a ploy to get him some minutes in front of maybe a couple of scouting eyes here and there. I mean, these games are being broadcast. Uh, they not only play um, Bucharest on Saturday, but they also play Fiorentina. So Fiorentina, an Italian club. Schulz is, I think, half Italian. He speaks Italian, if I'm not mistaken. There is interest reportedly. F- I did not know that. Reportedly from uh, Lazio, uh, there was rumor to be interest from Lazio earlier in this, in, in, uh, in in another transfer window. So if you connect the dots, I think it's pretty likely that is this, this is all meant for him to get some minutes in a, a better setting than the second team where he i don't know if he actually ever ended up playing them uh, for them in no in, idea. in in uh, third division games as it were um but yeah i mean there's i i would be absolutely flabbergasted if uh, they reintegrated him uh, not least because there's really no reason to do that because uh, they have Guerreau and they have Tom Rote and they have tried Azar in the first half of the season. They uh, might still play Wolf there. Uh, even Paslak <laughs> is certainly not a worse option than for even from a pure sporting perspective. So I think any way they can shed the, the largest amount, if not all, of his reported six million a year wages, which is an absolute travesty. Um, the, that's that's what they're looking to
0: do. Yeah, uh, obviously there are also questions about uh, Daniel Marlon already moving on or not at least I've seen some rumours about that and uh, with that we have a question from at Cincy BVB asking, if there is no improvement by the summer should Dortmund look to move on from Marlon and bring in a replacement or give him another chance?
1: I mean... The rumours are about severe for the coming January transfer window, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I, that seems fairly unlikely to me just because it's going to be difficult to sign a starting level attacking player in uh, the winter market for a club like Dortmund. Uh, but I think it's probably the rather unpopular answer but I would definitely look to cut my losses uh, if Marlin doesn't show improvement over the next six months Um, because ultimately I believe in uh, sunk cost fallacies in football and I think trying to make Marlin work uh, for then a third season if uh, the first two ultimately end up in disappointments uh, is not the way to go so... um, obviously it depends on what his market situation looks like what he wants to do Uh, I mean some players are happy being you know in the rotation at a club like Dortmund playing Champions League football and making good money so that's that's also not something that I will begrudge any player because uh, they have a limited time to do uh, the best they can in their career so if that's what he chooses so be it but from from Dortmund's perspective uh, this is certainly shaping up to be kind of a make-or-break period for him, uh, especially given the fact that they are very likely to be absolutely flush with cash uh, in the summer and able to, thanks to presumably losing uh, Bellingham for anything from 120 to 150 million, uh, to kind of reshape a couple of positions here and there. So uh, replacing Marlin in the summer uh, is definitely something I would be looking at.
0: All right, at um, Tim Snodden, or rather at Snodden Tim, but his name is Tim Snodden, I <laughs> assume, asks, uh, can we expect improvement from Schlotterbeck? Can him and Zule still work as a tandem? And I think the simple answer here is yes, because uh, we have seen it with a lot of young center backs that, um, you know, inexperience does show. And uh, whether it be in a Germany shirt or in a Dortmund shirt... Um, you know, uh, obviously, he will learn from mistakes he makes, I hope. And uh, I do very much believe that Niko Schlotterbeck can very much improve from uh, his form currently. And uh, I would say that I, I, I think... You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we've seen him play at a higher level than he finished out the season, and then played at the World Cup, which uh, you know got him ultimately dropped to the bench. But uh, then, of course, he had this uh, left back cameo, if I'm not mi- mistaken, against Spain, which was fun, and uh, had a nice pass, even that uh, could have should have won Germany in the game. But uh, I digress. Um, I think. This is the center-back pairing of the future and uh, should go anything wrong. Uh, Dortmund will have a lot uh, of uh, homework to do because I do not know what the uh, capacity of one Mats Hummels uh, will be going forward. But um, yeah, uh, I, I'm i not really that worried yet about Nico Schroterbeck. Um, does he... Have problems in reading and anticipating the game and making quick decisions, and I think Konstantin Agner made me aware of uh, the first time. Um, yes, he does, and obviously uh, until he improves that, um, you know, he will have flaws in his game. But I do believe that that he can improve, and uh, I'm not worried at this point. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add, Lars, or I would just move on to the next question.
1: No, I think. You kind of hit it, I think, especially what Schrotterbeck or what sets Schrotterbeck apart from some of these other young center backs Dortmund have signed over the years. So you know the the Matthias Ginters of the world or Leonardo Baleardi, if if anyone remembers him, <laughs> another yeah. another uh, fantastic January signing for Dortmund. Um, is the uh, I think he kind of has the mentality of a a good NFL cornerback. So he's. Uh, he, he doesn't remember his mistakes. So, uh, if he watched the World Cup, he had this terrible second half against Japan. I think that's fair to say. Um, he, might, he might might have cost Germany the the, uh, the the knockout stage with, with the second goal they conceded, even though some are making it out to be more of a Zulu mistake because he played did uh, Japan attacker onside. But I do also digress. But uh, uh, (laughs) then obviously Schotterbeck was dropped, as you said, but against Spain, he had not only the would-be assist for Leroy Sané, if I'm not mistaken, but he also had what can only be described as a monster block of a tackle uh, in his own box. And when you not only consider that Schotterbeck had the issues against Japan, but he's also, I think, committed three uh, fouls leading to penalties in like 12 or so uh, national team games before then. To have the, the chutzpah to go into that, Tackle sliding in, uh, winning or basically assuring Germany of a point against Spain deep in, in injury time, uh, that, that shows that he doesn't have a mentality which is too burdened with mistakes of the past and that's a good thing in, in young players and especially young centre-backs.
0: Yeah, and I would add to that. Um, I think a lot of people have hammered Zule uh, for um, his, you know, uh, offside trap malfunction, and also the um, goal that Germany conceded against uh, Morata. I think it was right, um, but. I'll be honest I I really rate Niklas Süle as a center back um, and I think the uh, you know getting getting beaten by Murata on such a run and such a good pass happens to other center backs very easily to so um I don't know I'm I'm very happy so far with the Niklas Süle transfer I'm not going to lie I think him on a free transfer from Bayern Munich um and to play with this you know a wealth of experience and uh, also with the qualities that he has um, I think for Borussia Dortmund and uh, the club they are I think he is a very decent signing and uh, so far um, yeah I'm, I'm per- personally I'm happy and uh, yeah I do see why there is room for criticism but I think sometimes it's also a little bit overblown but uh, then again you know every World Cup game is uh you know, overreaction it to death. And with that, we move on to, from the center-backs to the full-backs because uh, Ishvak Elahi1 asks, what are the realistic full-back options for Borussia Dortmund? And uh, maybe I should add to that, is Mathieu Morey going to be a realistic option for Dortmund going forward? Now, we have seen him back on the training ground and whatnot, but obviously he will be out for one and a half seasons, basically. So... um I I don't know if this is a transfer question or not, but I'm squeezing the moret question in there.
1: I think anything you get from moret at this point is a bonus. Um, ever since that devastating knee injury uh, in the, the cup semifinal against Kiel, uh, that's, that could easily have been a career ender. Um, and it sadly might still kind of prove to be. I mean... Um, Ultimately, there was a lot of promise with more coming from uh, La Masia and, and looking very good in like preseason games, but then he never really got the chance. And then Terzic took over and suddenly more had his you know five minutes in the sun, a couple of games here and there, uh, in which he really looked good, in which you could kind of see uh, Dortmund have two playmaking fullbacks with more on the right side and Guerrero on the left side. but. Ultimately, that, that injury, as I said, that's quite often something like that will be a career-ender. And, and It's just not uh, responsible for anyone to expect anything out of Moret at this point, uh, other than him hopefully being happy in whatever capacity he can still be a professional footballer. and Maybe he needs to move down a level to gain some confidence back. Uh, there, there's been... Obviously, the the miraculous comeback from such a devastating injury here and there, but it's just not smart to uh, bank on that in any capacity. So I would kind of consider him uh, like a lottery ticket for Dortmund, maybe. Uh, If you get something out of it, nice. If not, well, at least he's a a good lad and and someone that's good to have around the team, Um, especially like the fact that he's speaking German much better than... A few players, a few very prominent players, and one of whose names I might have said like two minutes ago, um, who haven't bothered really learning the language. And and Moret. granted, he has had a lot of more a lot more time than <laughs> others, but still, uh, he he took the effort, and that's something I always appreciate in players because it shows that there's a level of identification and uh, integration into not only a team but a club and uh, a city and ultimately a country. Um, as for realistic fullback options, I think uh, I don't really have an answer for the right side right now. Um, I, it's also something that I don't think there have been too many rumors over the last few months uh, for the
0: left. I've only seen the the, re, the re-warmed, whatever you want to call it, rumors for Meunier to Barcelona, but nothing on the Intake side,
1: yeah, and 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 the for for the left side, I think it's pretty safe to say that Dortmund have a long-standing and quite concrete concrete interest in uh, Rami Benzebaini of uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, Algerian international. Um, I think he's already scored like six goals this season. Uh, granted, he is the penalty taker at Gladbach, but still, he gets into a lot of good situations uh, for Gladbach. He's, I think, 27 and his contract is running out at the end of the season. So he would be a free signing. Free doesn't mean free these days because there's a lot of cash going to the player and also his agents. But still, you don't pay an uh, a transfer fee. And from all I can tell, which is not necessarily uh, bred in too much intel, uh, Dortmund are very interested and consider their chances to be quite good that he ends up going there.
0: Yeah, I I just want to be on the record. I'm not the biggest uh, Benzbaimi fan. I'm not entirely sure he uh, would have Dortmund in the long term. But obviously, uh, considering or comparing it to what Dortmund have now, uh, I have to say he's an upgrade. So um, there's that. But uh, yeah, I also think he is uh, very prone on the defensive end and makes a lot of comical uh, individual tactical errors, if you will. So fit um, right in, Stefan. What's the point? Yes, exactly. Yeah, the point is I don't want to uh, have any in-fittings. I want to uh, have (laughs) outfittings. That makes sense. I want uh, the defensive line being outfitted with players that do not make uh, some weird blusters and blunders all the time. So, um, yeah, before I bluster on even more, I shall just move on to uh, the next question. And um, that is uh, by Jordan hunt asking uh if the criticism for watzke and co is justified and uh yeah that is a very broad question um first of all i want to say yes (laughs) it is and second of all um there is a lot of question marks and maybe you can uh you know, as a as a final or almost final question, uh, shed some light on what uh, Hans Joachim Watzke is doing outside of Borussia Dortmund right now. Because today I woke up and I saw him at a podium of the DFL, the Deutsche Fußballliga, because uh, the previous uh, president, I think it was uh, Donata Hopfen, uh, has resigned, I think, or uh, talked into resignation. I'm not entirely sure what the politics of this are. Um, But nevertheless, Hans-Joachim Watzke seems to be a very busy man these days. Yeah, I mean,
1: this might take a while. Uh, First of all, Donato Hopfen, not president because the German Football League does no longer have a president. She was CEO. She uh, stepped down slash was made to step down after conversations.
0: You know how these things go. Uh, Less than a year into the job yeah donata get the fuck out is what they said in those talks i presume
1: uh i I wouldn't presume but uh i mean we all know (laughs) uh that football can be a rough place and her being a woman certainly didn't help her situation in these days i would assume um but yeah uh, uh so she had the 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 discussions leading to her uh premature exit from the post uh were with uh, Watzke at, in Qatar, because they were both part of uh, the German delegation, at least for some time. Uh, Watzke is the head of the, what's Aufsichtsrat Stefan in English? Supervisory board? Yeah, I guess. So not, <laughs> I don't not, know, not, just... not the executive board, but the one that supervises the executive board, if that makes sense. <laughs> Um, And in that capacity, Watzke is automatically also vice president of uh, the German Football Association, the DFB. Uh, And as most listeners will have followed to an extent uh, following the uh, exit of the German national team at the World Cup in Qatar... Oliver Bierhoff, who used to be team manager and was now CEO of all national teams and the new academy, which was built in Frankfurt, uh, has stepped down. Ultimately, it would have been pretty much the same story as with Donato Hopfen, as in they were in talks with important people and it will have been made quite apparent that it would be a good idea to step down. Um, Obviously, both of them will get Nice severance packages. So, I don't know how much uh, pity is in order.
0: Um, Zero is the exact number yeah, from my point. Quite
1: possibly. I I don't want to put anything into anyone's mouth in terms of words. Anyway. Um, so yeah. Uh, so Watford right now has two or oh, had two vacancies to fill. It's now I want to say one and a half because uh, the football league is now being let on an interim basis by uh, Axel Hellmann, who is uh, on the board at Eintracht Frankfurt, and Oliver Leke, who is on the board at uh, Freiburg. Um, And they will keep the job till uh, the end of the season. And in that uh, time frame, Watzke is going to be heavily involved in the search for a long-term successor of Mrs. Hopfen. Uh, And the... Full-on vacancy is the post that b has left for Germany. Uh, There's a lot of rumors swirling around who might be interested, who might be available, who might be approached for the job. Um, Interestingly, for a Dortmund perspective, uh, Matthias Sommer is uh, being talked about, even though he has made it clear time and time again that he's not willing to return to a a full-time job. Uh, after his uh, health issues uh, forced him to step down uh, at Bayern a few years ago, if people remember that. Um, Someone, I think Michael Reschke, who's now an agent, but who was a technical director at Bayern, has even said that Michael Zorc would be the ideal person for this job, which uh, A, I don't agree with, and B, good luck getting Michael Zorc out of retirement after decades at Dortmund. Um, That's not going to happen, but yeah, uh, so... Watzke is also going to be involved in that search. So there is definitely a sense that he's right now the big man in German football. And how much time does that leave him for uh, his responsibilities at Dortmund, where he's still obviously CEO and and, and, and the big man as well, I guess. Um, especially given that, you know, Dortmund have the upcoming jude bellingham saga uh, which is going to require attention um ah, fun yeah I mean, it's it is what it is stefan you know it, you know it's true and they also have i mean if the season doesn't turn out better than it has so far they they will have discussions uh forced upon them from from the media uh, about the future of edith erzic on the job and whatnot so um there's certainly an element of uh, asking oneself whether Hans-Joachim Watzke has put too much on his plate, um, but I think he's old enough to handle this and he quite enjoys the limelight, I think. Uh, he, he, he wanted to be asked uh, for the jobs at uh, the DFL and subsequently the DFB, and now he's uh, got to uh, spoon out the soup he's made himself, as some would say in German. <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> very nice yeah uh, if I remember correctly um, wasn't watzke and neundorf also linked with a uh, uh, with post in the UEFA and FIFA executive committees or something like that um, so that uh, probably be even more and uh, if you don't like the term supervisory board I just looked it up maybe board of directors helps a little bit more I don't know I, I think it all meets the same at the end of the day uh, and uh, yeah uh, There there are a couple of uh, questions which I will um, now ignore because um, we are running out of time. But uh, lastly, (laughs) uh, Jason Q. Han has uh, asked me uh, about five minutes ago, if you're still uh, recording, is Dortmund doomed? (laughs) Follow up. Why does it feel that way? Thank you, Stefan and Lars love the pod uh last if you want you can turn this around on a, a into a high note to end on and tell us why Dortmund are not doomed or you can just go with the flow of this question and um answer that either way uh be my guest well
1: Stefan as is my want on this podcast I'm going to end on a positive note uh, because that's what Perfect. people usually refer uh, myself to as being the positive one on this podcast. Yes. Uh, Dortmund aren't doomed uh, because I don't know what doomed uh, would entail for uh, a football club that is a regular starter in the Champions League that has some of the most wanted young players in the world, who has the biggest stadium in uh, Germany, who has the best stadium in the world, according to many people, who have... Like myself. uh, ...have a reputation... uh, as a club that's an ideal stepping stone for some of the best talents in the world Uh, and who play in a very stable league with stable ownership because it's uh, owned by the people, uh, at least to a large enough extent. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I don't like these doom and gloom scenarios. Uh, I I think clubs are doomed uh, if they are about to be relegated uh, by legal authorities uh, looking at Juventus, possibly. I don't know how serious their situation is. Uh, Cubs might also be doomed by being Schalke and being relegated for the second time (laughs) in in three seasons, possibly. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, But, uh, I mean, the talks of Dortmund's demise are greatly exaggerated, typically, mostly by us as well. I think we kind of have to take some of the responsibility of our fan, <laughs> fan base being negative. What that, that might stem from the fact that indeed we are usually not overly positive. Um,
0: what? No, we are the most positive people. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, Dortmund are not doomed. Uh, Dortmund would be
1: okay missing out on Champions League football one season. I don't think that's going to uh, make or break anything. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh,
0: My wife has asked me if if there are even any bad consequences if Dortmund miss out on the Champions League since they can't deal with more cash anyway. I think that's a very reasonable point.
1: I mean, the the question would be how many uh, players would want to leave them for Champions League football. But ultimately, I think uh, seeing as Bellingham is definitely leaving them anyway, I think almost everyone else is replaceable uh so uh, if if that's a positive i don't know then let that be the positive ending
0: yeah okay i'll i'll take it uh thank you so much for coming on and everyone who sent us questions even if we didn't answer them uh thank you so much uh i'm uh, i don't want i don't want to diss all this because i was going to say i'm actually surprised by uh uh yeah how uh Considered the questions were. Uh, we've had flowers <laughs> in the past. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this little uh, yellow wall pod uh, <laughs> back from the dead uh, edition because uh, I sure as heck am uh, still on a football hiatus, if you will. And I've not really cared much about what is going on in the black and yellow realm. So apologies uh, that uh, we will probably not be back uh, unless something seismic happens. Uh, <laughs> like Dortmund just firing their coach out of the blue um, before the uh, yeah second part of the season. Let's call it that um, resumes because um, yeah I personally cannot be asked, and if I cannot be asked, I don't think there's much of uh, you know <laughs> another uh, impetus to to have this podcast running so um last again thank you for uh, coming on here and answering questions uh, alongside me and uh, yeah everyone out there who is listening uh, happy holidays uh, merry christmas happy hanukkah etc etc and obviously ein guten rutsch ins neue jahr until then uh, as always thank you for listening and goodbye